The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemies. For a long time he refused, but at last he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights, or she will persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say? Now will not God see justice done to his chosen, who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them, and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Alright. Well, Carol, you've been introduced into the strange Catholic cal calisthenics of standing and sitting, and we're not going to kneel today because we don't have anything to kneel in front of. But, um, Plus, we've all got bad knees. That's right. That's right. Um, but, but um, the, the, I guess the shape of the liturgy that the church puts in front of us, and it's, I mean, I'm saying this to you because it's new to you, but it's, these are kind of the basics that you can't go over enough, you know, like I, I do boxing and you can never work on jab cross enough because, because <laughs> little um, bad form sneaks in and, and uh, it ripples out to the rest of how you, how you do things. So this is like the bread and butter of, of our liturgical life, our worship life. Um, and I just love the wonder of the lectionary itself, you know, like we don't pick these readings at random. In some churches, they don't have a lectionary. And so I guess this is a worst case scenario, but the, the community is held ransom to the whims of the, of the pastor, you know, like today I feel like preaching about that, or today this, or, you know, this has really been on my mind. And you think, regardless of what's on my mind, I have to hear what the church presents to me. And Sometimes it's very awkward, and sometimes I, it really doesn't resonate at all. And I think, well, I don't know what to say to God's people today about this, but it, but it's it's a good gift because it keeps us attentive. You know, it's as as the prayer said, not my will, you know, but we conform ourselves to the will of an other um, with whom we are in relationship. Anyway, so the readings today are quite exciting. The first one is from Exodus, way back in the, in Israel's ancient history, after they've come out of slavery in Egypt. And, um, you know, they came out of slavery and they wandered through the desert for ages. And God said, I promised you a land flowing with milk and honey, this, this super fertile um, area in the, in the um, Middle East, in the Near, uh, Near East. Um, and as they're getting there, they find that there are already occupants in that land, some big nations and some very sort of ferocious um, armies. And so unfortunately part of their pilgrimage is battle and it's battle against all odds but but time and time again so so long as they're faithful um they're able to to move into the spaces that god's prepared for them i think it's such a great analogy for us even in 2022 in yobobo you know like we're not engaging in battle per se but we've got our little inner struggles inner and outer and um that first reading and the gospel 
says it quite plainly. This is this is prayer. This is the battle of prayer. If you look in the Catechism, the first section on prayer, it says the battle of prayer. You know, if a catechetical document decides to use that kind of language, that, we better take note. You know, this is this is a difficult task, but but it's laid on each of us um, to to sort of strain against our impatience or to strain against our I don't know envy or whatever passions um, stir up in there. Um, to, to press our ear against the heart of God, who is peace, who is mercy, and whose will is always sorry, whose will is always worth waiting for. Now, in that pa- in that gospel passage that we all just heard, Jesus gives. Um, actually, before I say that, I want to I want to say um, something about the psalm. You know, the psalms can be. I said this uh, one of the weekday masses once. The psalms can be quite. I was going to say blunt, but what I really mean is sharp. <laughs> they can be quite. Um, they're unapologetically precise in what they say, like. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then it goes through this long poem, really. May he never allow you to stumble, let him sleep not your guard. No, he sleeps not, no slumbers. They're all declarations, you know. Um, it seems to me that um, the Psalms is sort of like a chiropractic appointment, you know. Like, mm-hmm. think of the chiropractor who just really <laughs> abruptly, you know, um, loosens those things that have been stiffened or ha- have become... Realigned. Yeah, he realigns them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Psalms realign us... Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. if, if we really listen to them, they, they sort of jar us back into alignment. But anyway, and then and then that, that reading from Timothy. I reckon this is one of the most misquoted readings that there is, you know. Our Protestant brothers will always quote this to us about sola scriptura, you know, the, the fact that scripture alone is all we need. Um, we don't need tradition, we don't need rituals, we don't need uh, hierarchy, we don't need any of the stuff, we just need the scripture. Well, I mean... The scriptures didn't teleport out of heaven leather bound. It came to us from the church. You know, the, the reason it has any verity at all is because the church has put its stamp on it. So there's that. But also listen to the very first line of this. You must keep to what you have been taught. So there must be teachers around. And know to be true. Remember who your teachers are. That's the apostles and the, the apostles' successors. And how ever since you were a child... You have known the Holy Scriptures. And that's not the New Testament, but that's this old ancient heritage that the teachers have imparted. So this very verse actually cements our where we put our um, anchor. You know, we anchor ourselves in a in a school, if you like, which is the church, the school of love. Okay, anyway, enough about that. On in the gospel there, Jesus gives this parable about the, the widow who is making her petition to the judge. Is there anything that strikes you about this reading? Because I think there's a mistake that we can make and, and people often make to confuse that judge with God. And the judge is not, in fact, the God character in that parable. What do you think, Mary? You're nodding no, in approval. No, I definitely agree, Lou, because it's, you know, it's, our Lord was saying about that. It yeah. wasn't saying about myself. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That's right. I mean, if anyone is is the Jesus character, it's the widow who intercedes endlessly. Isn't that what Christ is doing for us all the time? He says, I stand now between you and the Father to make intercession and petition for you, even though the divine majesty seems to delay. And on a day like this, I know what it means to be both speedy and delayed. <laughs> I, I, was, I was going as fast as I could, and yet, and yet you had to wait. In the, um, in the in the wrong direction. Again, not an al- not an analogy of God. <laughs> it was always in the right direction. Um, but but 
you know, I, I remember a person telling me about their, um, they had some prayer requests that they made and they, they, they were in the habit of documenting when they made their request and when it was fulfilled. And I don't remember the details of the story, but what struck me was they said, on this date, I prayed for this thing. And, you know, there was no sign at all that it was in motion. But it, but I knew that my intention was um, received when this happened, like three months later. And then she said, I backtracked of what would have to happen for that to arrive. It would have had to have happened like that day. Um, you know, for, for every, every, um, the sequence of events, the sequence of events like they were immediately put into effect. And you think God, for God to answer my prayers, which he does, um, all the time, he works through nature, which means he can't just abruptly charge into the, into creation and interrupt every single thing to, to, um, fulfill my little will, you know, like. Think of think of just everything: the planets orbiting, the the changing of seasons, the work hours of people who are delivering stuff. Like all of these things are ingredient to God gently guiding us, and and not quote unquote giving us what we want, but but giving us what we need. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite humbling when you think God is hastily attending attending to me, and in that knowledge i can be i can be infinitely patient like i can i'm happy to wait um i know that my god is never far um is that okay do we have any other thoughts in that area no. yeah I'm good, totally. mm. nice. yeah yeah okay well with regard to the battle of prayer then um i think if there's one lesson that that book of exodus has to tell us and 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 <coughs> import that into the gospel then it's that prayer is hard and really it's it's not to be undertaken alone like we're not lone soldiers or lone warriors um there's stuff that is mine alone to carry but um but in that battle you know it said that would you like some water carol you okay um in that battle yeah the hand raised. Yeah, um, keep they, your hands up they when needed, you win. They needed Moses over there interceding. And even he wasn't strong enough. He needed like a, a stick or something to hold his arms up. So we need companions. We need intercessors. Um, please God, we have them in the church. But um, but we need them really everywhere, you know. So never, never hesitate to ask someone, can you pray for this, please, and keep it in your prayer? Because this is part of my battle at the moment. Um that's part of the gift that we have as, as a Christian fellowship and we should certainly lean on it lest the battle cease to be in our favour. You know? Yeah, thanks. Sorry about that. Good on you. No, you're right. Um, all right, well, maybe I, I, there's, I feel like there's more I wanted to say, but I, I might leave it there unless we had any other thoughts. I like that. Yeah, you're happy? Okay. Well, oh, um, but feel free to say more. No, well, I mean, I was going to rip off the yeah. ideas of this guy here because he was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, so this is a commentary that someone brought me. It's by Michel Divertil. I don't know how to pronounce his French name. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice little commentary he's given here. The only thing I'll just read this then, because um, because I tend to go to the spiritual and the abstract, but this guy, um, Michel, is a man, isn't it? Or maybe it's a lady, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a man, yeah. Um, he, he, he goes right into the sociological and it's, it's, it's just not where my mind automatically goes. So he says, 
Let this widow speak a message of repentance to us. Repentance just means turning around, you know, turning back to what I know to be good. Um, both as individuals and as a church at every level, our universal church, our particular church, our diocese, this little community here, um, our, our local secular community, all of it. Um, the widow is poor. She does not have the means to um, influence things as she would like. She cannot back her claims of money. Her power lies entirely in her moral qualities, her passion and her perseverance. I, I, when, I, when I read that, I thought, you know, she's a bit like the person with only one talent, but she doesn't bury it. She immediately and relentlessly takes it to the marketplace and just drives it to the bone, you know, which is, which is really commendable. As he says next, um, we remember people from poor communities, nations, groups within nations, who are, extraordinary, who are extraordinarily courageous in seeking justice against their enemies. And these examples are so beautiful because this is stuff that's true to our life. For these people, justice takes many forms. Getting their children into a good school. Finding jobs for them after they've left school. Finding money for their children's food and education. Completing their homes. Maintaining their health so that they continue to serve their families. They persist in coming to the Lord, but they persist in coming to government offices, principals of schools, hospitals and doctors, etc., etc. Think of all the relentless petitions you've made on behalf of the people you love. Well, insofar as you just have to submit yourself to a slow judge, you're the widow. They show the same qualities in their relationship with God, storming heaven with their prayers, caring little if these are theologically correct. I love that because it's true, you know. It's kind of like, God, I don't care about, uh, you know, your divine providence and um, permissive will and all this stuff. Just please give me this thing I need. <laughs> I need it um, now. Anyway, so it's quite beautiful. Lastly, maybe this will be our closing note. Um, this, this author says, we will have to interpret Jesus' promise that he will, he will see justice done to them and done speedily for the very reasons that we just said, you know. Even though God is... God comes with haste. Um, we're, we're sort of kept waiting. And, and you know, you think of St. Paul's mission. Like, Paul was such a zealous missionary because he thought Christ is going to come back tomorrow. <laughs> so we better be finished by the time he comes. Mm -hmm. And evidently, you know, the second coming is, is, is still in flux. The advent is always, like, you know, Christ is always coming to us, but we still have work to do, it seems. So here we are working and waiting. But I like what this author says here. He says, we can interpret this speediness in two ways and he gives two but we could we could come up with others maybe we'll just sit with this for a moment he says we take justice as the objective writing of wrongs this is option one this is often a long time coming but when it comes we are so relieved and surprised that we forget the long wait it appears to have come speedily my mind goes to a pregnancy and a labor you know like <laughs> Thank God I'm not a woman because I don't think I could brave that kind of that kind of thing. Um, but but I I'd venture a guess to, to the mothers here that when you see your child in your arms, the labour that you just went through is is insignificant. It's irrelevant. Um, here's my precious baby. Well, maybe us waiting for God is a bit like that. When we finally hold the precious child of His will uh, in our hands and we see it. We think, yeah, that was worth the wait, and I'd happily have waited longer. Or, or option B, he says, we can apply the sayings to spiritual growth, which, as hasty as we are, always happens slowly. 
once we develop the right attitude, then we speedily know that our prayers are answered according to Jesus' teaching, that once we knock, the door is already opened. We celebrate the times when we or others have experienced that. Isn't that beautiful? You think to yourself, when you really know who Jesus is, you pray, and then you're at peace whether or not you see anything because it's like, no, I know, I've knocked on the door, and, and he knows our petitions before we raise them. So it's deeply consoling. Anyway, why don't we just sit with that for a second, um, and then we might conclude with the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. and then we can share a more. So, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. And as your trusting children on journey, we pray in those words that you yourself taught us. And together we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Grant, O Lord, we pray, that benefiting from participation in heavenly things, we may be helped by what you give in this present age and prepared for the gifts that are eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.